0: Tasmania has been in the race news this week. Not only have we just seen the supercars at Simmons Plains and another great target Tasmania has hit the roads, race fuels has also launched our Elf Race 102 Avgas alternative into Tasmania for the first time. With a minimum of 102 Ron, this racing fuel is affordable horsepower and is available at John Talbot Motors in Longford. The Elf Race 102 is available in 50 and 200 litre drums. So for parked ups Tasmanian Listers and competitors, get in contact with John Talbot and secure your drums. Now it's over to you, Grant and Tony. Two of the very best operators. up in the garage. Wow. This has been coming for a long time.
1: These two do not like each other.
0: There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag. This is a suspended race.
2: Welcome back to the Parked Up podcast. We're powered here by Racefields. a great new advert that you just heard from. The main man, Mark Tierney, and a bit of a special episode here. We've got a ton of motorsport to talk about. Of course, we've got Tony D'Alberto on the line. Tony, how are you?
1: Very well, thank you, Grant. Yourself?
2: Great. And we've also got Andrew Van Leeuwen from motorsport.com as well. He's going to join us from Go to o in episode 54 of Parked Up, AVL, all the way from WA. How are you going?
0: Yes, I'm coming from two hours, only two hours in the in the past now. Um, but um, yep, going uh, going very well.
2: I tell you, uh, it's much easier for when you and I jump on the simulator and have little uh, uh, races against each other. That three hour difference was a real killer. But now it's, it's slightly better. Now slightly better.
1: Absolutely. Actually, you got you a big benefit though, AVL, watching Formula One, but not so much IndyCar.
0: No, IndyCar is an absolute write-off. I flat out gave up on that one. Um, the F1 was great qualifying because I had it earlier because of uh, yeah. Prince Philip's fit. It started at eight o'clock. It was actually difficult to be to have the kids in bed in time to watch it. That was the hard <laughs> part. Like it was like, man, this is going to be a stress. So uh, I think uh, I think my wife took over the last bit of putting uh, Nico to bed, so I could. Uh, I took the baby and grabbed a cold beer out the fridge and went. Oh, I'll just be in here for a second and parked in front of the telly.
2: <laughs> so much motorsport to cover in this episode boys it was a huge huge weekend on track and off track heaps of news to chew through we'll go through that very shortly um i've uh, as as both you know you were kind of both waiting for me to get this thing started my my monday turned into a uh, an absolute last minute tear up but uh, that is fine but the uh, the good news is when i got home i've i've uh, come home to this parcel from Australia post and I have no idea what is inside it and I'm just going to leave it sitting next to me for a little while having no clue what it is I feel just like a little bit excited I don't know if you guys have ever experienced the I've obviously bought something online it feels (laughs) like a box of shoes it looks it feels and is shaped like a box of shoes I haven't ordered any shoes I'm just kind of excited looking at this parcel waiting to unwrap it and see what's there
1: are you going to be distracted during this whole podcast because of that?
2: Maybe, maybe at just the end unbox of the pod. it. Unbox it on the pod. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll I'll save it for the end. I won't make any of our listeners um, listen through the uh, uh, awkward unboxing because I d- I don't think podcasting is a great medium for unwrapping presents.
1: No, I, I'm bejured. in a similar boat. Um, I got Steph a gift for Mother's Day, and I'm actually organised fellas, um, and I bought it online, expecting it to take a couple of weeks. To get here and it, uh, like the next day, they dispatched it and it was coming. And I thought, oh, god, I hope it doesn't arrive on Monday because that's when Steph uh, is at home, so uh, she'd know straight away what it is.
0: When is Monday? A
1: couple of weeks. Oh, no, it's on the, the weekend. Heart the bent. Bent. it's on yeah, the window. Yeah, we were waiting, yeah. I've got time, but generally, I'm like lastminute.com, you know, like <laughs> no good. So I've done the right thing and I've got the gift, and now hopefully, she just doesn't see it and try and open it because we've got no privacy in this joint.
2: So Tony, are you coming to the bend? That is the Mother's Day weekend. Will you be joining us at the bend?
1: No, I was actually um, potentially coming to help out my friend, Adrian Dietz Dietz in GT Um, and that hasn't come to fruition. So I was sort of excited to be coming, but then I looked at the date and saw I was going to miss Mother's Day. And I thought, oh my God, how am I going to tell Steph this? She's going to be disappointed with this one. Uh, but then it got cancer before I had to worry about it so it doesn't know any different oh well, Are you boys cool. going
2: yep yeah we're both yeah. going' We're we'll both better, go you're then. a better
1: husband
0: than me TD because I honestly hadn't even given a thought to when Mother's Day is not one single thought and I will probably forget about it the second we stop recording this podcast <laughs> and I go back to working and I won't think about it again until I'll I'm you already we'll in, in South Australia that's right and you're in trouble absolutely yeah that's normal
2: well, maybe whatever's in this parcel of mine,
1: AVL, I'll send over to Anne and she can have that. It's
2: it's a surprise. It could be a surprise
0: for all of us. Beauty. Sounds good to we, me. We've
1: got to look after each other, boys, um, because um, we get ourselves in strife too often. All right, let's get on to some car racing, though, because racing. there was so much car racing and bike racing as well. The, yep. the mobiles were on as well. Open um, wireless, I literally couldn't cars. keep up with it all, but I tried to stay across most of it well um which meant I, I missed out on a little bit of sleep over the weekend but i did get up really early and watch scotty mac's first IndyCar car event so well it's second race but first one of the championship so uh yeah it was I'm very exciting thoughts so we'll talk about that in the news well let's but, go um, let's just play the news music unless you got something okay. else you want to talk right. about before that no, I, was, right. I was just going to say how cool the supercars were but anyway get on with it they're go. very
2: cool okay come on news This is the news. It's brought to us by motorsportwebsites.com.au. A brand new project of mine is coming to life. It's launching this Thursday. As we gave you a little sneak peek in last week's episode, I've created a whole bunch of uh, kids' books based on Aussie motorsport heroes, and the guys at motorsportwebsites.com.au have brought to you that website that's going to ensure that you can order uh, your children or grandchildren, or husband, or kids, or the young at heart, you can order them their books. So um, more information on that via the Parked Up socials as well. Can you stop
1: bloody promoting yourself?
2: Well, that's, uh, that, is, that is all we'll do for this time. Next time, okay. next week, I'm going to get real serious about it because we uh, I want to see as many of these books sitting on little kids' bookshelves as much as we can. Have you got me down for my three copies? I'm getting three copies of all of all of them. Three of each? Yeah. That is yeah. Nice. Thank you. But was I'm that...
0: getting a two for three discount. We we, we worked it all out. We <laughs> we it did.
2: Out. We did. We worked it out in the den, if I recall. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, look, it was absolute wall to wall motorsport over the weekend. As uh, where as should we start? Supercars, F1, IndyCar, MotoGP. It was uh, it was all going on. I think we should start supercars. We love supercars. It's okay. our local championship. This is uh, it's the it's the big dogs in in our world. And we actually saw some different winners: Shane Van Giesburg and one on Saturday. His teammate Jamie Winkup, ended his awesome run in the first race on Sunday, and then Chaz Mostert uh, got his first win for WAU, which was an important milestone for for him. It was an important milestone for the team. And great for the championship as well. It shows that we've—it's uh, not just going to be a um, a one-horse show. There's uh, th- there's some other guys who are going to put pressure on the Red Bull Ampole team. AVL, your take on the weekend in general? Certainly the on-track stuff. It did look like Van Giz was going to continue on his merry way, but that old that new qualifying format certainly threw a spanner in his works by chucking him down uh, down the grid a bit for Sunday.
0: Yeah, it was it was kind of odd because oh, he just looked just completely unlike it, it was it fit into with the narrative of twenty twenty one so far perfectly on the Saturday like on pole by three tenths at Simmons Plains you know the whole field it was barely a second for the whole field and he was three tenths ahead of everyone which was just uh, remarkable that's Scotty Mack areas of single lap pace. Um, you know, didn't quite get the start, but he was just, you knew he was going to absolutely steamroll Cam Waters and he was going to run away with it. That's exactly what he did. Um, and then on Sunday, just kind of didn't really look completely at the races. And I don't know if there was a case of having to hold back on some tire life or just not getting that. That qualifying was so awkward and it had so little energy on on Sunday. Maybe he maybe just it didn't feel like he sort of was ready to go. Like he was waiting for a run at the end of the session that just wasn't there or something like that. And it definitely contributed to, to, you know, some, some, well, you know, anything except the Van Giz win is kind of interesting given the streak he was on. Um, So look, win for Jamie Winkup, his first since Townsville last year, I think. So kind of, you know, we see this from Jamie. Sometimes he takes a while to get going. He's not someone who often blasts out of the blocks and wins tons of races. There's been championship years where it's been Winton. When he's gone and won his first race, if I might be wrong on that, but I remember like even twenty seventeen, I don't think he was super quick right at the start. So um, you know maybe this is sort of what Jamie needs to get, get get his get his head in the game and go right. Hey, maybe I can go and win an eighth one before I I, I hang up the helmet. And yeah, that win for Chaz Mostert, he talked about the self belief that's going to give him. You know we see there's so many cars out there that can match those triple eight cars over a lap. Cam Waters can do it. In fact, he's probably the quickest guy over a lap. Chaz Mostert can do it, but it's been the race distance has been the issue. So to see Chaz actually have a quick car pull away from the field as the race went on, that was good. That that's promising. Hopefully, that's something they can keep going, whatever direction they're going with, they can keep going, and we're going to see more consistent challenges from Chaz over a race distance going forward.
1: Yeah, boys, I was obviously interested to see the Shell V Power boys had a much stronger weekend. Um, they had three podiums, which was great. And they sort of looked like almost the next best team out there. Um, they sort of, uh, didn't quite get the win, but they were always up the front challenging, uh, for that sort of second, third, fourth, top five sort of position, I guess, which when you look at Sandown, it was a good turn of form. And I have been saying Grant for the last couple of pods that the first couple of rounds didn't suit V power, but look out for the next few. And the next one is Taylen and Bend, and I know those cars are good around there. So I think those guys are going to get stronger. And you talk about self belief, AVL. Even though Will Davison has been a championship um, contender before, Bathurst winner, but he did step out of the seat last year for for a period and he's still gaining confidence with the with the new team but also with the the car that he's driving now so and for anton as well to get a couple of podiums there and to beat will i think that'll boost his confidence quite a bit we saw him take a win last year at darwin but uh it was one of those sort of funky races that potentially the the best guys weren't at the front of the field at that particular race so um to see him get a podium uh, I think it was, would give him confidence going forward. But, boys, we have to talk about the elephant in the room. We have to. The old parody was pulled, was pulled up <laughs> oh, on the wow. weekend. Parody. Well, is I it? I don't know it. if
2: it's it's not a car brand parody though. I think it's a team parody. If anything, it's a driver parody, and there's no concessions uh, for those things in the regulations for uh, a category like TCR Tony, which yeah. uh, which you know yeah, they've, they've got, got the BOP bloody perfect, mate. Now I'm not talking about <laughs> BOP. I'm talking about the driver concession uh, uh, weights that they add in for the success ballast, effectively. But there's nothing like that in supercars, and there never has been.
1: So, look, I think, I think, uh, you know, there has to be something in it. I mean, uh, there hasn't been a Ford win all year, and Cameron Waters is ready to win races, there's absolutely no doubt about it. And he can qualify the front, but the thing can't look after his tyres, so they're having to be so aggressive on their setup to get a lap time out of it, um, that it obviously chooses tyres up in the race, whereas SVG he can do the lap time and quality and then he could just keep pounding it out in the race. And to me, yes, he's driving amazing at the moment, but um, I think they do have an advantage.
2: Well, and they've uh, got a a couple of extra horsepower coming as well with this new rocker thing, AVL between our last pod. This uh, was broken by yourself on motorsport.com. Tell us a little bit about how the engine rocker stuff will play play into the hands of the Holden teams.
0: Yeah, so basically all the KRE-powered teams, which is basically anyone aligned with Triple Eight or Brad Jones Racing, um, they'll get an upgrade. Well, they'll have the choice to take an upgrade uh, of the rocker ratio. It'll be the same as what uh, what the Ford, what the Tickford and the Mostec Ford engines use. Um, it will be worth something because they wouldn't be doing it if it was worth absolutely nothing. It's definitely raised some eyebrows um, uh, from teams that aren't getting the upgrade, particularly when you look at the fact that I mean, there's no bigger horsepower circuits kicking about than uh Sandown and Bathurst. Um, and, you know, when a KRE powered car is dominating at those tracks, then it's uh it's a it's a tough sell to say, yeah, we're just gonna give these blakes a little bit more horsepower because they're uh we chucked on the dyno and there are a few down. Obviously there's so much more to it than than that. Um and I obviously the testing has shown that there's a deficit that can be overcome. Um, but yeah, it's definitely not been the most universally popular decision getting around so we'll see what effect that has you know i I think we are going to see to come back to the to the parody thing a little bit it's a it's still a pretty it's still kind of i mean van giz was always going to go well on the weekend because triple eight always goes well on the weekend they'd won whatever they'd won 11 of the last 14 races at simmons plains going into the weekend or 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 whatever you know I, i think I think, you know, I wasn't at Simmons Plains. It's very hard to get a feel of what everyone actually thinks unless you're there going from garage to garage. But I'm still not convinced there's necessarily a problem yet. That's not to say that there isn't one. You know, there was a change, an aero change made to the Commodore. And again, it was made for cooling, but the changes don't get made for nothing.
1: They get The thing made- is, like, if the roles were reversed, Roland would be doing everything he could, whether he actually believed it or not, just to unsettle... The other team. Definitely. The, def- definitely. And, and I don't teams. mind that.
0: I don't mind that bit of mongrel from, from camp when and come I- out and, and, and say that, but I think the big, the big thing is if you look back to 2019, you know, when we had the big parody war that ran over the course of a season, the real giveaway that something wasn't stacking up, wasn't Scott McLaughlin. It was the Tickford cars. They were ordinary in 2018 and suddenly they mm. were right up the front and we're not necessarily seeing the same thing with the Commodore, Right now, we are seeing Shane in really good form, mm. um, but we're not seeing. It's not World War Commodores at the front. Those you you mentioned it, and I, and I should have mentioned it before, and I forgot. But those DJR cars looked great on a weekend at a track where they traditionally don't go all that well, and they're going to go to the bend, and they're going to go well because Anton goes well at the bend. Remember, in 2019, he finished on the podium there in the Commodore when the Commodore was absolutely rubbish at the bend against those Formula One car Mustangs. <laughs> um, you know that was at the height of this whole parody thing. So look, I'm I I think where there's smoke this fire, Tony. I 100% agree with you. There is definitely this there's, there's something going on somewhere, but I don't think we're in uh, Mustang 2019 territory no, just yet. Definitely because not. Because we we just we're we're not seeing we're not seeing the whole we're not seeing the Mustangs getting left behind. We're sort of seeing one car from a very good team, and maybe we've become a little complacent about seeing triple eight cars dominate as well. Cause for years that would have been, it would have been the most normal thing in the world. They were just, Look, we just got so used to it, but now we, we actually had some, well, almost competition. In fact, it swung a long way towards the, the DJR team Penske slash now Dick Johnson racing side. So maybe it's just, we need to readjust a little bit to go Oh yeah. These
1: guys are like a really good team. And when they get things right, they are really, really hard to beat. Look, I'm certainly not saying that it was like the Hondas at Tasmania for TCR. <laughs> You love bringing that, is, that up. That man. is the new benchmark of that. Uh, that is the benchmark parody of parity. <laughs> uh, no, no. But it, look, I think it's very close. There's no doubt about it. And Cam is probably playing the game. He's trying to unsettle um, SVG if he can. You know, the guy's rock solid. It's going to take a lot more than just saying there's uh, parity issues to unsettle him. But um it's worth a try. Put it that way. <laughs> he
0: brought it up in nearly every TV interview uh, on Sunday, to be honest. So maybe it did, uh, maybe it did get into his ear. And you know, that was the one thing that really shook Maybe that's why he didn't go any good on Sunday. Yeah. That, that's the one thing that really shook Scott was when he felt that he wasn't getting the credit for what he was doing in 2019. Yep. You know, it is a great way to get under a driver's skin because professional sports is an ego game. That's how it works. That's, it's all part of it. And, when someone comes out and says, well, he's only winning because he has an unfair advantage, whether you believe it or not, that's going to hurt, you know, and it it did hurt Scott. You know,
2: it was a, that was a big thing a couple of years ago. No doubt about it. All right, boys, back to some of the on-track action. We had Chaz Mostert take his first win, which I brought up just at the top of this. Now, uh, just thinking a little bit forward, he qualified on pole with WAU at the bend last time we were there in one of those... Two events that we had consecutively at the Bend in that COVID year of racing—is this the start of a, a, a charge that could yield a, a championship or even threaten a championship?
1: I think Chaz is uh, w- and another one of those drivers, like an SVG, that are, is that is in amazing form. There is no doubt about it. He's dragging more out of that car than um, what there is, um, so he's doing a very good job. But I think. Um, WIU are definitely a team to look out for. And they have raw pace, no doubt about it, but they haven't quite got it nailed in the races just yet. And maybe on the weekend they found something and that's why he was able to win the race and look after his tyres and things like that. Because if you go back to that tail and bend event, he was blisteringly fast, but he literally tore the tyres off the thing. Like he barely finished the race. So uh, they've got the qualifying down pat and now maybe they've found something for the race.
0: It'll be a great test. It'll be a great test to see where they really are at. And even if they don't necessarily have great tire life at the bend over the course of race, that doesn't mean that they're that they're nowhere, but it will be, as Tony said, a good bench uh, sort of back-to-back to last year, you know, because uh, you're right. They just plummeted back. You know, that car was nasty in the race last year. So I think they've made a step forward. And, you know, there's more engineering brainpower coming there. Like that, that is a team. That is a team to watch, you know, if not this year, in the next couple of years, there's there's a lot of potential there.
1: So what about um, young Will Brown on the weekend? I thought he did a great job. Um, got a couple of top tens there. I think a top five in the first race on Saturday. Um, Erebus are doing really well. You know, they've come off sand down. They've got some strong results. They actually seem to have a little bit, bit of momentum on their side. That'll be a confidence boost for Will. I, I,
0: I mean, I've been surprised by Erebus. I'll definitely put my hand up and say I didn't expect them to go as well as they've gone. Um, you know, I think Brody is emerging. Even though he didn't have a great weekend, he is emerging to be. He's living up to the Brody hype. You know, he is. He is. You know, something special. And Will, you know, he really. You know, it would have been easy to watch Brody get that podium at Sandown and watch all that focus and attention go onto Brody and, and go, geez, I really hope I can match this guy. So to bounce back with a weekend like that's so impressive. That's, that says a lot about him, not just as a driver, but as a sports person and his ability to, to, to sort of, you know, recalibrate his brain and go out there and get on with the job and go, cool, this is good news. It's good news if the team goes well, you know, yeah. but now I'm going to go out there and get some results as well. So that's, that's definitely a, um, that's being the, the big thing is they get a rookie day at the bend before the yeah. bend. How so, does that work? Well, how does, how does two second year rookie drivers, you know, I, I don't really understand the rookie thing as a whole anyway, because you got, you got guys that are immensely experienced. Will Brand yeah. isn't, he's, he's a rookie in the loosest of terms already in his first full year with the amount of, you know, race driving and, and supercars laps that he's done. Same goes for Brody Kostecki. You know, I, I think it's. But anyway, that's how. the Same goes for Bryce Fullwood. Yeah, like a Super Two champion. Like the rookie is a, and he's in his second year, it's a loser. But anyway, they get to go to the bend, and they get to go testing at the bend. Um. So you know, remembering that Erebus did well at the bend, um. Even in in 2019, yeah, that they, they they could go out there and be well in the mix for top tens, uh, again. The top tens for those guys, they are fantastic results because it would be easy to be. 18th, 19th, 20th. It really would.
1: I think with the weekends being so, like run so short, you know, only two day events, if they can come out of the test day with a a firm direction on setup, then they could actually, you know, jump quite a few teams. Um, Because I noticed a lot of the drivers saying if their car didn't roll out of the truck well at Tassie, they basically had no hope to try and turn it around uh, before qualifying. So that could... End up being a real benefit for those guys that get to test prior to the um, the tail and Ben round. Oh, it's a huge benefit. It's a huge benefit, no doubt about it.
2: Yeah, huge benefit for uh, so someone like Fullwood uh, giving Chaz a bunch of data before he launches into <laughs> yeah. it. It's a uh, it's a pretty handy thing. Hey, look, we could talk about all the, um, the there's still a couple of good. Uh, good stories to come out of the weekend so Zane Goddard qualifying fourth finishing seventh in that last race uh look I guess it's good because we didn't expect it's great Zane Goddard to factor in any way that's that's got that's, oh, that's a nice a bit sort of boost
1: for him well that's a bit rough mate he well, topped the uh times at the test at Queensland Raceway mate Yes. yes, He he was rolling in off a day of testing
0: two days before as well. (laughs) And And set set his lanes on it first thing in the morning, 7.30 in the morning, freezing cold. But yeah, like, you know, we're watching him drive the car at the end of the race there, you know, with the onboard stuff. I thought, yeah, he's just, he was just driving the car, like driving it well, you know, it would be so easy to, to sort of let the, let the stars get in your eyes and go, oh man, I'm on for a big thing here. Can I sort of deal with what's going on? But that's absolutely not what happened. He just looked like every bit a racing driver as he uh, as he went about that that latter part of the race, you know, sliding around, tough track to drive the cars on to not make a mistake on. And that's really to get seventh, you know, but finishing behind the guys that he finished behind. Mm. That's a mistake-free drive. That's
1: bloody yeah. good. Yeah, anything in the top 10 is an awesome result these days. Now, let's talk a little bit more about supercars before you move on, Grant. And I'm okay. sure we have not even touched the surface uh, with the racing on the weekend. But I did want to mention mm-hmm. uh, Thomas Randall has been confirmed to do a few wildcards uh, this yep. year with Castrol backing. Yep. Um, so that's pretty cool, yeah, young th- Thomas. Three wildcards.
2: He'll race at the next event at the Bend on Mother's Day, everyone, as a reminder. Double reminder for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Then he's off to the Darwin Triple Crown in June. What an excellent race to uh, have a wild card for! If um, if you're going to pick a, a race to go and do, that is definitely the one. And then over to your hometown AVL for the Perth Super Night in September. Hey, look, he did pretty good last time he did the wild card. We've seen like he's he won the Super Two Championship last year. There's no reason why he can't leap, maybe not straight into the top 10, but certainly uh, embarrass a few of the regulars as he goes about these three rounds.
0: Uh, Yeah, I think so. Like he's, um, at the end of the day, this is basically in lieu of a full-time drive. You know, this is his Mm. program for this year because they couldn't get the wreck uh, to run a fourth car. And there's still, well, we'll never truly know whether Lee Holdsworth or Thomas Randall would have ended up in that seat. There's, there's, Trains of thought that go in both directions there, but you know this is what he's doing instead of a full time drive, and this is preparing him for what will probably be a full time drive uh, next year. So you know he's Super Two champion. He's a, he he knows how to wheel a race car just fine. So I think he'll be, um, you know, it's hard going up against guys that have that have already got the the miles, but you know he's not going to be um, he's not going to be miles off the pace. Hey,
1: yeah, I have man. actually heard Grant there is uh, mm-hmm. another another wild card that is yet to be confirmed just yet. Tony, totally did heard- no, totally no, no! I third, wish
2: third Shelker.
1: I wish, no. mate, that'd be amazing. I'm not going to say who I think it is and all that, but mm-hmm. um, keep your ear to the ground. There is another one going to be announced very soon, and another driver that we do know and has been around the uh, around the traps, young bloke um, that does quite well on himself. So I'll tell you off air, AVL. All right. Oh, thanks, mate. Good <laughs> I, can, I can't tell. I can't tell our listeners, but it is exciting. Oh, it's been
2: worth coming on this podcast already. <laughs> yeah. to, to all of our listeners, we apologize for Tony leaving you out of the conversation. Well,
1: I, I get my ask kicked because um, if I told everybody, the person that told me would know straight away where I got that from.
2: Uh, all right. Talking about young blokes having a go of a V8 supercar, Marcus Ambrose stepped in to the commentary box over the weekend. Andy also jumped in Will Davo's car for an impromptu couple of laps on Sunday. Now seeing him back out in a supercar, I thought that was kind of cool, but my take on his commentary was that he was one of the stars of the broadcast. He was a bit um, sort of a uh, raw in in some ways and maybe not as polished as uh, one of the regular broadcasters, but really seeing that rawness, seeing that emotion and and how excited he was about the whole show, I I thought that was incredible. And anytime he had the microphone near his face, I was
1: certainly listening. What did you guys think? It was just simple commentary though. Like he just said said it how it was. Uh, He wasn't trying to hype it up. He didn't have to mention all the sponsors every time he mentioned a segment or a uh, Pertek Pitlam, Pertek whatever it was, you know, (laughs) I can't even say it, but you, you know what I mean? Like some of the commentators, like when they're introducing things, it's like, what are you actually trying to say here? So I, I thought it was refreshing. I loved it.
0: Yeah. He was absolutely brilliant. Like I was blown away. I I, I wouldn't have guessed he would be as good as he was not for any, not because I don't think he's good. at. You know, I didn't think he'd be good TV town. I just never really thought about it and he was just mm. so good. And just the way that he, um, he was just so natural. That's what mm. I actually didn't find it unpolished at all. I thought, some people just have that knack and Garth has it to a large extent as well, where they can just start talking and not even sound like they're trying to be on TV, but sound mm. perfect for TV. And that was just exactly what he was. Like. And it's an interesting um, kind of dynamic for Marcus. Cause he has been away from the sport and so far away from the sport for mm. so long, you know? So he has this really, he has so much insight, but a little bit of distance, which created a really interesting sort of vibe, I think. And just, you know, I just think he's they they could really use him a lot more because he he brought so much to it. He's not sort of bogged down with a lot of the the matey sort of jokes about, you know, yeah some say so you don't you never pay for anything at the bar, you know, like the, that that sort of that longstanding team get a bit in jokey every now and then and he's not bogged down there near that. It was just really good. And uh I spoke to Nathan Prendergast, who's the TV supercast TV boss earlier today. She sent him a text and went, mate, like what a fight. Um and um we ended up having a chat and he was saying, yeah, we're going to try and get him back because he was brilliant. Like, how, how, how good is that? So I'll be very, very surprised um, if that's the last we see of Marcus Ambrose on the uh, on the coverage, and that's bloody
1: great news. Of I've got to say, sorry.
2: Yeah, well, I was you just waiting great. for some of that matey-matey stuff to pop into it, which, look, honestly, I don't really mind that much, but Marcus old, and, and Scaifey ran into each other that many times and had that many tear-ups over the years <laughs> yeah. that I thought that we were going to see replay and replay over and over of some of their incidents um, in that little mid-2000s journey that they had together. I, I clearly remember those two banging doors going into turn one at Barbagello uh, at the start of one of those races. Um uh, during, during the, during their time. Yeah. So they've certainly rubbed, uh, rub panels, but they, they kind of left a little bit of it out. I, I wanted them to do, do it once, but um they, they, they did just leave it alone. So but they don't, don't
0: they, they don't was... need to do it. The, te- the biggest temptation will be if, if, if let's say they get, they get Marcus for Bathurst and Murph comes uh, over then That'll be the big, that'll be the really tough uh, temptation to dive yeah. into that. You know, they did it to death with Scafie and Ingle when, when Russell was part of uh, the, um, the coverage. So I, I, I think you just we're talking about what's happening now and that's what, yep. and that's what Marcus went and did. And it's just good to see the bloke back in motor racing because he completely removed from the sport. So, you know, it's just, I, I, I think that it's going to do a lot um, for, for his sort of standing in the sport because he's a two time yeah. champion. Um, so for him, I think this is a chance for another career in the sport and one that he looks very well suited to and, and could do a great job of. So yeah, what, what a huge surprise. Yeah given The fact that he was only locked in a few days before the event, um, and uh, and yeah, he just did a brewing job.
1: Now, boys, he did actually have a couple of laps of the Shelby Power Mustang. I was a little bit jealous, I was, <laughs> I gotta say, I was a little bit jealous. I think he's done more laps than I have this year already. Um, I was jealous, so uh, anyway, hopefully, I don't get him back for too many commentary weekends because he'll end up probably getting in Juro seat the way he's going. <laughs>
2: God. Well, uh, they might need another endurance driver, depending on what's happening with Scotty Mac. Let's use that as a little segue to our Let's not get into that part, but yeah, let's talk about Scotty Mac. Let's talk about Scotty Mac. Uh, An impressive weekend, qualified really well, Uh, finished the race. Yeah, and he needed, though, that hour and a half or two hours, however long the race went for. He needed that time in the car. It's She's a bloody hard track. She's not this type of track. I know he's um, he's driven there before, but yeah, not the easiest of joints to go to. Um, no. If there's a goat track in IndyCar, then then that is certainly certainly the one. Um, but an impressive performance. Dodged the uh, opening lap shenanigans and just banked laps, banked time. And where do you boys sit on it?
1: Well, I, th- I thought it was awesome. I watched the quality. Uh, I was really pumped for him. I could tell he was pumped in the car as well to to make that Q two, um, and I was, I was just impressed how close he was. You know, like everyone was sort of talking about Grosjean and how he did a really good job in quality, and and I, he did. There's no doubt about that. For someone that doesn't have a lot of experience in, in an Indy car, but mate, the guy's been in Formula One for the last ten years. So, you know, high speed, aero um, open wheeler car, all that stuff is very familiar to him. Whereas Scotty Mack, I mean, he's never really driven an open wheeler before in his life. And to compare him to Jimmy Johnson, like man, he blew, blew him away. So, um, it just shows how well he's prepared himself. And now it's just a case of doing race miles. Like it would have been such a shame if he got caught up in that crash at the start of the race and not be able to complete the 90 laps around there because um, that's going to be invaluable going forward for the next few weekends that he's got in a row racing. Um, and it just starts his year off nicely. You know, he's gained some points, gained some confidence, um, and they can keep the ball rolling. And he was only a few tenths away from his teammates. So I thought that was pretty impressive, considering, like you said, it wasn't a go track. She was high commitment and fast. Yeah,
0: look, I, to be honest, didn't see any of it
1: just because of the um, of the
0: absolute terrible time zone um, over here in the West. But uh, when I woke up on uh, what must Sunday morning and I was like t- over Twitter and saw my Twitter. So I thought, shit, he must be on pole. Everyone was going mental. <laughs> uh, and then I looked at his eyes and I was like, okay, but yeah, like everything Tony said, hundred percent, you know, it looks like he just fits in. looks like he just fits in. And for a bloke who did a couple of Formula Ford races and then never really drove an open wheeler again, that's pretty amazing, you know? So yes, he has the, the road circuit experience compared to say a Jimmy Johnson, but you're hundred percent right, Tony. He shouldn't be anywhere near Grosjean. This should mm. be a doddle for Grosjean. So so the fact that he's in the mix and he's looking at progressing and qualifying and doing all that sort of stuff this quickly. Yeah. Massively impressive.
1: You look like you've really got to wrestle those things, like really wrestle them hard. Like when you watch the onboard they're they're really fighting the wheel quite a bit, especially around some of the bumpy circuits. And what I'd noticed was the drivers at the front, they're a little bit, probably a little more confident with the thing moving around a lot more than what Scott was. Uh, Scott didn't have as much slide going on and that's just confidence, you know, like that's just going to take time and you can't really expect him to have that confidence just yet. Uh, but that's probably the next jump for him, you know, to be able to know how far he can push before it actually lets go. Because I would assume by just watching, obviously, they're quite snappy. I mean, you saw a New Garden crash And that was like the smallest little wiggle from getting a little bit of disturbed air from the car in front. And he basically lost control and he wasn't able to regain it, got in the grass and off he goes. So it's only a small little slide. Whereas in supercars, if you have a slide, generally the car almost taps you on the shoulder and says, Hey, I'm going to have a slide. You might want to start correcting me right about now. (laughs) Uh, But those aero cars, it's just very snappy. So it's grip,
0: grip, 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 no more grip.
1: Yeah, but um, I think but, if you're familiar with the cars, I think you know you'd start to tune into that a bit sooner than what Scott would be right now.
0: Uh, mate, if he could drive that FGX with a rear wing on it, dead flat in 2018, <laughs> he'll be fine, I reckon.
2: He certainly did. Uh, he certainly did well. He's raised the eyebrows and and uh, increased the interest in IndyCar. Not that we shouldn't be uh, not interested anyway. We've already got a Kiwi. And, and an Aussie in there as well. Will Power finished second. Scott Dixon finished third. It was a good weekend for the Trans Tasman. No one was uh, as good though as that Alex Palau, who uh, he just crushed him. He crushed him. I know mm-hmm. the difference at the end was only uh, was minor between him and Will Power, but. Um, certainly from everything I've read and saw post the event, he was uh, definitely the one to beat in a very impressive performance, but, uh, just to, to go back to Scotty Mac, I guess, uh, you know, here in Australia, everything is about the Bathurst 1000 and you can have a terrible year, win that race and and all is forgotten. Uh, the big race over there, of course, is the Indianapolis 500. She's a big high speed, uh, high speed dogfight that one. Some early predictions from you boys about how he's going to fare in the uh, greatest spectacle. What's what? What, what do they call it? The greatest spectacle on on earth. There you go.
1: I don't know if that's how right, but run? I assume. Um, man, that, that's going to be a tough ask. There's n- there's no doubt about it. But then we've seen people like James Davison come in with not a lot of miles and and do good things as well. So I don't think anybody's expecting him to win but with the lead up that he's going to have compared to like a James Davidson, for instance, you know, he could well and truly mix it in that mid pack and potentially get a decent result. But to win that race, I think it's going to be a, a tough ass. No doubt.
0: Yeah. It's kind of, um, I mean, look at, you know, Fernando Alonso went there as a, as a rookie and, and ran fourth or whatever it was, but, um, but, so it's not certainly not impossible. And, and he'll, and he, like I say, it looks like he fits in. So I think he'll go there and, and do a and very much look the part. Um, and you never know at Indy, it's a it's a crazy odd race, anything can happen, but he might not go there and win the thing on, uh, on pure, you know, stick it on pole and drive away from the field. But you know, I think, I think what we're seeing is a guy who just looks like he belongs in the category and he's going to look yep. like he belongs at the Indy 500, whatever that means.
2: Well, we're, we certainly can't wait for that. An excellent start to Scott McLaughlin's Indy car career. Uh, let's switch our attention to some other open wheelers. But uh, the top of the town, Formula One, and mm-hmm. the uh, second round of the championship was run at the world famous Imola. Uh, AVL, you and I do a heap of laps around mm-hmm. Imola on the on the simulator. Yep. Those blokes Logitech, were probably go, they were Logitech they were going wheel. on the log, on our Logitech wheels. Uh, we've, we've had a
0: We've had a Russell slash Bottas style shunt more than once. I reckon <laughs> trying to squeeze into turn
2: one there. Oh yeah. Uh, Should we kick
1: off and actually talk about that, Sean? Yeah, yeah That's, I think so. that's well, the talking point. Who's that's, uh, that's, who's at fault? Who's at fault? Bottas George and George Russell. George Russell, hundred percent. One hundred percent, George. I don't Russell.
0: even know what. I don't even know why Toto Wolff was saying. Well, nothing's hundred percent. Like, okay, yes, Bottas made the mistake of signing the entry form and showing up to the event. <laughs> <laughs> like that was his. He made the mistake hey. of becoming a Grand Prix driver. Like back when, like the first time we went go karting. That's when he made the mistake. Do it. That was his only part of it. George Russell tried to drive past him. You know, it was just doing what he but, should do. Like, it was I don't actually think the move wasn't on. It just wasn't on with with a with a right rear
1: in the grass. Exactly. And, you could and, hear, yeah, you, you could hear the engine flare up, go whoop, yeah, and then he just, it just turns hard left into Bottas.
0: Yeah, like it was just a mistake. Like it happens, but the, the, you know, it obviously got blown up so much by the fact he gets out and he's pointing fingers and then he gets on and, and, you know, gives him a little slap on the helmet, you know, like that's like, you know, that's uh, awesome. Tony Longhurst would have been just shaking his head up there on the Gold Coast, just going, mate, that's, that's not happened. how you punch a bloke in the, that's not how you clock a bloke in the helmet. You got to get right in there. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, they're, they're all that carry on, which, you know, it's all good theatre, but, Uh, At the end of the day, he was just so spectacularly wrong uh, that that it's, yeah, it's, it's funny. And I don't think he's done himself many favors in the, in the Mercedes hierarchy really, because this is a, this is a a budget, uh, a budget cap world in formula one now. And that bodice car is going to be expensive to fix. um, And that's going to be something that Mercedes now has to manage for the rest of the season. So I don't think, I think that's why Toto was not all that impressed
2: she was a pretty giant shunt like there was uh bits of race car flying everywhere and pretty rare to see a red flag pulled out like that uh, obviously a lot of junk all over the circuit um a whole bunch of mercedes and williams spare parts scattered everywhere but uh yeah obviously great to see both of them get out with with no drama but i was surprised at the amount of wreckage the amount of damage that was done for uh for that type of incident
1: well, that's what happens when you're doing almost 300 K an hour and you have two almost like jet fighters crash into each other and you know crash into a million pieces. So um, I was a little bit surprised though they stopped the race. Maybe it, it wrecked the barriers or whatever. But um, interesting conditions, obviously really tricky for the drivers. Sometimes, some of the drivers have never driven um, their particular new cars in the wet, uh, like a Saints, for instance, with Ferrari or Daniel Ricciardo, McLaren. Um, so interesting scenario for those guys, um, but you know the best bloke in those conditions is always Max Verstappen, and uh, he got the job done. He's got no fear of that bloke, and he's going to be hard to beat this year. I think I feel as though like Lewis is almost doubting himself. Like when he he got the pole on the weekend, it was almost like a it's a surprise. Or I think he said it after the last race. You know, I've still got it. You know, and maybe there's some uh, people out there. Thinking that he can't do it for another, um, do another championship this year or win another championship. But you think a guy that's won so many championships and races would have, wouldn't have confidence issues? So, but I don't it's know. a car.
0: It's a car. That's a car issue because the way you know the way the rules changed, um, we know didn't work for the Mercedes. We're seeing the Aston yeah. Martin, which is you know a Mercedes copy, definitely um, struggling with that as well. So I think he is surprised. I don't think he went out there expecting to be on pole. I certainly yeah. don't think he expected to win uh, win the first race of the season in Bahrain. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're actually seeing some, some of Lewis's best by the fact that he's not in the fastest car or what he's automatically the fastest car, um, by a mile. So yeah. What did you make of the first of the first corner? I mean, that was pretty robust from max. I think in the dry, he'd have a case to answer for not giving Lewis any room on, on, mm-hmm. as the, uh, as the, in the change of direction on the circuit there because he really opened the steering and let his car run to the curb. I think in the wet, you can argue, mate, I'm just hanging on to the thing. Like, mm. you know, I was just trying to go in the dry. That would have been, a, I think that would have been a penalty because he really didn't give Lewis. Lewis was there, you know, mm. and he gave him nothing.
1: I think Lewis was actually quite lucky, really. I mean, not to cop more damage than what he did. I mean, it looked like a little bit of bodywork fell off the car, but those uh, big curb or sausage curbs, um, when those cars go over them, uh, it certainly doesn't look pretty. But um, I don't know, like if I was Lewis in that that scenario, I probably would have let him go, to be honest. I, I thought he was pretty eager to go, try and sort of go around the outside, which would make the next one the inside. but. Knowing Max Verstappen, he's not going to give any room whatsoever. So no, I don't know. you got that's true. two I, big I, egos I, going for I, one corner. It's I think the fact inventors. that it
0: came back the other way, like, I think if it's just a left-hand corner, then you're right. You go, well, what are you doing? Why are you yeah. hanging out? The fact that it comes back the other way, you can see the temptation to go, well – If I stick this out, it might Mm -hmm. just come back into my favor. But anyway, it certainly wasn't like it. You know, I just think that in the dry, I think in the dry, it would have been interesting. And then, you know, another mistake from Lewis behind the lap cars, but you really see the difference between a Lewis and say a Valtteri in that Valtteri just couldn't make any headway in the traffic. And then Lewis gets put back in the field and goes, well, time to just go drive past all these blokes. Let's just yeah. go do it, you know. And Absolutely. it's like it's it's insane when he really gets up and about the way he can do things that like that, that. Valtteri, a very good, accomplished Grand Prix driver, just can't
1: do. I was actually so surprised because I actually fell asleep. Um, well, after Lewis shunted, I was like, "Oh, he's buggered now. There's no chance." Or spun or you know went off the track and lost all those positions. Um, and then when I woke up and saw the results, I was like, "How the hell did he do that?" Honestly. Like, that that's so impressive to be able to recover like that. Um, so I'm going to have to go back and watch the full Grand Prix because it seemed like there was a huge amount going on, uh, which, you know, has kept his championship alive. He could have easily have not got reversed there, uh, not got out of the uh, the gravel or the dirt, and suddenly handed a heap of points to Max and uh, being massively behind the eight ball at only the second event of the year. So um, I believe he's still winning the championship because of his pole position. Is that right? Uh, he's one no, point ahead of, he's one yeah, point past ahead the of Max. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so really a hard, a hard year.
2: It's uh it's shaping up as an awesome title fight between those two guys. And yeah, nothing better than seeing two great drivers from two different teams going punch for punch. and And hopefully that's what we see all the way through the season, especially after a couple of years of, Mercedes completely creaming everybody. Mm. Um, the next best was the McLaren. Unfortunately for uh, the Australians, it was not Daniel Ricciardo, it was Lando Norris who who should have qualified uh, better than what he did other than for that uh, qualifying penalty where he uh, just uh, used a little bit too much of the road, but then was able to jag third place uh, in the race with Ricciardo down in seventh. Do, do you a think 60. a little... Was it six? There you go. Mm. Uh, a little bit of a reality check, maybe, for Ricardo yeah. How, How's he stacking up?
1: It's early days, I reckon. Um, I, I think he's going good. Lando's been in the team now for think his third year with McLaren. Um, so he, he's got a massive head start on Daniel. Daniel will overcome him. I'm certain of that. It will just take a little bit of time to get his head around that, that car. And I think it was... Um, it was saints who was saying this, like he's driven for quite a few different teams and he just can't believe how different each car feels from each team. You know, like they all just achieve their speed differently. They feel different. Um, They give you a different level of confidence. So for Daniel, he's, he's just finding his feet with that. And um, no doubt we'll take a couple of races, but Lando had a a really good weekend. No doubt about it. He was strong. He had a lot of confidence. Um, It was a shame he didn't get that qualifying time, but, at the end of the day, there's probably a lot of stories up and down pit lane where they, uh, other drivers could have, you know, potentially have performed better uh, if they hadn't have got pinned for cutting the circuit or, you know, using too much of the circuit. So that was a bit of a shame just because there was so much hype at the end of the race, but uh, sorry, At the end of qualifying with him getting that, that spot. But one guy I thought did a really good job was Perez uh, to out qualify max. um, The first time in bloody, I don't know how long, but just to see a teammate get so close to Max, I thought was excellent.
2: Aviel, what do you reckon about Ricardo? What do you think his feelings would be? I know it's only fresh, it's only new, it's only his second race with that team, but what do you think his feelings would be? I'm sure uh,
0: being asked to move over uh, and then watching the bloke drive off into the distance definitely wouldn't have been nice um it wouldn't do great things for the ego but you know i think it was a smart decision that he played the team game there and when they said hey mate you're just gonna have to get out of the way and let this bloke have a crack at it that he did that because it'll be so early the worst thing you could do at the moment when you aren't fully up to speed with the car when you're still settling into the team when you're still learning about how that car works is to go and kick start this toxic environment where suddenly you know two sides of the garage aren't working together and And it's causing all these dramas. So I think just getting on with it, going, cool, I'll get out of the way, let him go at it. I'm still settling in here. was definitely the right right decision. Um, Yeah, look, it it takes time. You know, one of the great things about Formula 1 is the fact all the cars are different. You know, it's not a go buy your chassis here, bolt the same bits on it and go racing. They're different cars, you know. So exactly as TD says, it's going to take him some time to get used to it. Um, but, um, he will, you know, he's a, he's a world-class driver and he'll get there and he will definitely eventually give Lando something to chase. Lando's probably up to it. Kid can drive absolutely no question about it, but, um, I I can't see that it's going to be a case of, you know, the whole year Lando smashing the crap out of Dan, you know, he's clearly going to get a handle on it and he's going to go out and, and do something special in that car. And the car looks good which is, which is good news. You know, yeah, there was a lot of question marks about over making that move and whether it was a sideways move or whatever. Um, definitely, I still, I, I still think there's a lot to be said about the factory team uh, and that's what he, that, that's what he would have had if he stayed at Alpine, but the way that team is tracked now, you know, I, I think that you can definitely chalk this up as a, uh, as a good decision. And I think, you know, he's going to get some results out of it.
2: Now, the other motorsport that was on over the weekend was MotoGP and our Aussie Jack Miller had a shocker. He had a DNF. Uh, Fabio Quartararo won and boys, if there was one bit of motorsport that I had to say no to, it was unfortunately MotoGP. I don't think I got to sit through any of it. I saw some little bits of highlights and whatever. That uh, The Portugal circuit, it's unbelievable. It is one of the best and uh, I'm going to bring back our uh, sim racing stuff because we do a bit of uh, racing around there and the thing is out of control. How they keep those bikes on the ground around that place, I, mean, I have absolutely Absolutely no idea.
0: It is it is crazy, but I was uh I was actually I just tuned in last night to watch a bit of the race. The race was gone. This is great timing, leads right up to the Grand Prix. Um, Quatero was leading. I think he had Alex rins sort of hot in his tail at that point. Uh and the next thing I'm like looking at Twitter, and there's all this stuff about it's raining in Imalo, and there's cars sliding off on their on the on their formation lap to the grid, and there's Aston Martins with their rear brakes on fire, and Fernando Alonso's hanging out of the wall, and I was like, "I'm just this pre-race. This I'm gonna have to flick from a race to a pre-race build-up because it sounds absolutely mental." So about that time, Alex Rins chucked it down the road, and it was the race was kind of over, and I and I switched over. But it's rare that you would go, "Yeah, I'll watch a bit of the pre-race preamble, grid forming up over an actual MotoGP race," but you know, just add
2: water makes things crazy.
1: I didn't get to see it, sorry, fellas. So I won't comment on that one.
2: All right, boys. Well, geez, so much motorsport. It was uh, pretty good. I think we've wrapped it up. Uh, we've wrapped it up pretty good. I reckon nine out of ten. Anyone else well, got a rating? It could for be here or
1: not. It? You could be here or not talking about motorsport and all the sport that happened on the weekend. We could talk about football, you know, like where do you stop? Seriously. The Super League. The Super the, League. The
2: fo- the, uh, the football Super has League. absolutely blown up. There is yeah. uh, some very angry people over in soccer land. They are not happy. Where does your club sit on this? Uh, uh, have any of your clubs joined this, um, this these turncoats AVL?
0: Uh, none of my clubs, no, I don't think Perth Glory qualified for the uh, for this <laughs> European Super League and um, uh, the German the German teams have all turned it down, so the big German, I generally follow German football, my team would absolutely not be within a shout, but even the big Germans, Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund, they both said uh, no and Dunker to, uh, to the Super League, so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens from here.
2: Wow. Yep. Huge, huge, huge sports. All right, boys. Hey, that was, uh, that was good. Plenty to talk about There'll be plenty more uh, next week as well as we preview the next round of the TCR Australia series, which will be part of the Shannon's motorsport Australia championships at Sydney motorsport park. We're going to drag AVL all the way over from the West to bring it back to the East coast to cover that for motorsport.com. Oh, you know, you
0: you know, I hate going to, you know, going motor racing, hate it.
2: (laughs) Last time we went to Sydney Motorsport Park, which was for the very, very first round of TCR. This uh, little upstart, this young, this young Victorian bloke, Tony Dalberto took pole position in the very first uh, qualifying session for TCR. The big question will be, can he repeat that performance?
1: I bloody hope so. I need to get a bit of form on my side since that moment, which was a, a career highlight. I've, I, I've just gone backwards since. So, uh, that was my, the, my first poll in TCR and so far my only one. So, um, look, I hope so grant we, uh, we need to get a few points on the board and, uh, I do enjoy Sydney Motorsport Park, and I hope my Honda Civic Type R uh, TCR car loves it too.
0: Hey, you still owe me a ride,
1: TD. Are we doing that at Sydney or I, what? I do. Actually, we might be able to because there are rides on at Here Sydney. There we go. You need Here to speak go. to uh, my team boss, David Wall. Wally. Because he uh, he rang me the other day, and he's pretty much got all those seats confirmed for the ride day. And I didn't even know about it just yet. So um,
0: I'll speak to the, right, we've got to I'll look after to the, the
1: sponsors, brother. I'll speak to the TCR Australia
0: media rep and see what I can hook up. <clears throat>
2: okay. He's good. useless. Don't speak to him. <laughs>
0: um,
2: Tony, do you reckon we'll be able to give away a ride to one of our uh, listeners one day down the track? What do you reckon? Oh,
1: definitely. Um, Probably maybe not this year, but maybe, maybe again, we need to we speak with We might not Wally. be doing podcasts next, next year though. We what might do you quit? mean? We're only just warming up, just warming up. Um, right. Look, I, I reckon it's definitely on the cards. We could look at it. We give them a ride in the in the Type R or something, just down to Phillip Island.
2: Oh, right. Stand no, down. Come and sit on, sit in the ride with us two driving down. Yeah. What, what an
1: experience <laughs> for that person. That'd be amazing. All right. That's it.
2: That is this episode of parked up power by race fuels AVL. Thank you so much for joining us and taking uh, about an hour out of your day. No, to, no worries. Uh, help, us chew, help us chew through all of that racing. There was uh, far too much for Tony and I to remember, um, to, uh, to speak about. So we needed, uh, no, we, we, needed just needed we just needed intelligence. We just need <laughs> intelligence on
1: the show. <laughs> well, i glad Dad to help.
2: Look, uh, you look after yourself uh, and lads will speak to you sometime very soon.
1: Thanks, boys. Bye.